0: Welcome to Process This, a podcast for the sterile processing community. Isham invites you to log on, listen, and learn twice a month. Now it's time to process this with your host, clinical educator, John Wood. Isham Nation, welcome to the Process This podcast. This is episode number 39. So we have a fantastic show for you today. We have Casey Zarnowski with us, and he's talking all things local Isham chapters. He has some great advice, and he also has some great insight to share, so I'm super excited that he's with us today. Before we talk to Casey, I have a huge announcement. Now, it was released Monday, May 10th, so just in case you're living under a rock somewhere and you haven't heard the news, Stay tuned, let's roll some music, and let's get into this breaking, not-so-breaking news. All right, so uh, raise your hand if you like change. Okay, I can't really see you, so I'm going to assume that everybody listening to the show is raising their hands right about now. Uh, If you're driving and listening to the show, go ahead and put your hand back on the wheel. Safety first. So I'm going to read to you the news release from Isham about the potential organizational name change. So here we go. So the Board of Directors is proposing an association name change. So the board of directors recently completed the strategic plan for 2021-2023 and the main strategic goal identified is to increase visibility recognition and the value of the role of the sterile processing professional now the board looked closely at how our current name really reflects the profession the current name and acronym International Association of Healthcare Central Service Material Management, (IAHCSMM) no longer seems to best reflect the profession and our membership. Now, with that understanding, along with the database findings, it really led the board of directors to determine that a name change will help improve understanding increase relevance in the eyes of the healthcare community and the general public. So, the board is recommending to the membership, that's you, an association name change from ISHM to Healthcare Sterile Processing Association. Again, that's Healthcare Sterile Processing Association, HSPA. Now, why, why are they doing this? Well, the board conducted extensive market research and analysis, and that analysis really included surveys, uh, different focus groups, and uh, a competitive landscape assessment, and here's what they learned from that. Our members, you guys, indicated that there is a need to better represent the profession and raise awareness about what it entails and how the profession impacts quality care. Uh, Next, uh, both internal and external data uh, revealed that a vast majority of the departments use sterile processing in their title, so sterile processing department. And then it can be difficult really to explain who we are to different lawmakers, to the media, to healthcare administration and pretty much anybody else if you've ever had to explain that. So what are the next steps? Well, this proposed change will require a membership vote. Right? So the board of directors didn't just come out, create this and then all of a sudden it's going to happen, right? This requires the membership, you guys, to vote. It can't be approved without a membership vote, without your voice. So this is your professional membership association. Your voice and this vote are extremely important to move the organization forward. So when is this happening? In June, the association will ask the membership, that's you guys again, to vote to change the name of the association to Healthcare Sterile Processing Association. HSPA, Healthcare Sterile Processing Association. So if you have questions and you want more information about this, you can access at any time the ISHM website, www.ishm.org processing change. While change isn't easy, the board feels this name change is an important step to make. You know, not only for the association, but the membership and the profession at large, you know. So the board encourages you to send any questions you may have about the name change or any questions about voting to processing change at isham.org. So I know that uh, you guys are just dying to hear my take on the name change. So here we go. I'm all in on the name change. I'm all in. I'm all for it. Now, I know there are some cynics out there saying uh, to yourselves, well, you work for the organization and you have to like it, essentially. Or uh, thinking maybe that I was even involved in the process somehow. Well, uh, no. The answer is no on both of those. I don't have to like the name change. Nobody uh, really asked my opinion. And, you know, I wasn't involved in the process at all. Uh, What happened is your elected board members you know, are proposing this change. And honestly, I think they got it right. Here are some silly reasons why I like the name change. Uh, First, first of all, no organizational acronym should be the same length or longer than my first and last name, John Wood. Now this is John, which is spelled the correct way, J-O-N. That's seven letters. And then we have Isham, I-A-H, C-S-M-M, seven letters, it's ridiculous. So strike one. So secondly, I do work for the organization, which means I probably have to explain what the acronym ISHAM stands for a little more often than most. You know, and I I usually find it happens more often when I'm traveling, but somebody will ask me, you know, what do you do for a living? And it usually goes a little something like this. I work for the organization called ISHAM. And at this point, if they don't think I'm sneezing, then the normal response is, oh, well, what is ISHM? ISHM is the International Association of Healthcare Central Service and Material Management. It's at this point that I often get the look, and you know that look I'm talking about, uh, that look on somebody's face that says, I'm sorry I asked. And no lie, once I really had somebody say to me, That's really unfortunate to have an acronym like that. That's really unfortunate. Now, if I'm traveling in the South, sometimes I get the bless your heart. Well, that's strike two. Bless your heart is strike two. And then sometimes, you know, in that conversation, sometimes I'll get somebody who knows a little bit about healthcare. And so they respond with, oh, Central Service Material Management. So. You work in the supply department. And then it's at that point that I have to say, well, not exactly. And then yada, 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 you know, go on explaining exactly what we do. So that there is Strike Three Isham. Let's get that name out of here. But again, I honestly like the change. I like the new name. And if you uh, also like that name, uh, remember in June, you know, you have that opportunity to make the change with your vote. You know, I really think it will be good for the organization. Now, if the vote doesn't pass, then oh well, I'm back to bless your heart. So remember to vote Healthcare Sterile Processing Association coming in June. Our guest speaker today is Casey Zarnowski. Now, Casey is the Interventional Platform Educator at Stanford Healthcare in the San Francisco Bay Area. Along with that, he's the Assistant Professor at Central Service Technology Skyline College in San Bruno, California, and if that wasn't enough, he's also the Educational Coordinator for the local ISHM chapter, California Central Service Association. With over 15 years in the discipline, Casey has held the sterile processing positions of clinical coordinator, endoscope reprocessing specialist, shift supervisor, preceptor, and educator. Casey currently works on the interventional platform education team at Stanford Healthcare in the San Francisco Bay Area, where his role on the team is to support the doctors, nurses, and technicians on his platform with education and training in the science of medical device reprocessing. Casey says he's fortunate to cover Stanford Health's eight inpatient ambulatory sites in his daily work. As a member of the education team, he collaborates on the orientation and education across the perioperative region. After the workday at Stanford is done, Casey has the good fortune to co lead the Central Service Technology Program at Skyline College in San Bruno. And again, if all that isn't enough, Casey is a regular contributor to the industry publications, including The Process. Healthcare Purchasing News, and Outpatient Surgery magazine when he's not serving as the education coordinator for the California Central Service Association. Casey, thank you for joining the podcast today.
1: Very happy to be here, John. Thank you for having me.
0: So as we're talking about Isham chapters, Isham local chapters, what made you decide to get involved in an Isham chapter?
1: I decided to become involved in an Isham chapter because I had an inkling that there is a wider world out there and I wanted to know more about that. Uh, connecting with colleagues from uh, hospitals all across the state that I was in was really exciting to me. I wanted to hear their ideas and uh, learn how what best practices I could bring back to my own facility and my own technicians.
0: What is your favorite thing about being involved in a local chapter?
1: Well it's got to be the fellowship, the feeling of fellowship that we have to get together in a small group working on a project or a large group at our monthly meetings um, is just great to hear other people's ideas to know that there are other people out there as passionate as i am about our patients and about sterile processing uh, so that's that's got to be it even though we're not meeting in person very much these days um, it's still great to get to know other people in the profession uh, learn about their struggles and their triumphs just have some have some fun outside of the work arena but still sort of in the profession
0: if someone new joined a chapter today, what kind of things should they expect?
1: So chapters vary widely in my experience based on their activity level and what sorts of things that they do. I could speak about my chapter, the California Central Service Association. We have a monthly meeting on a Saturday morning and then we also regularly do webinars. Where we organize a few speakers and we have a registration and people come in and listen. Those are also on a Saturday morning. Um, as much or as little as a person wants to get involved in that, I'm the education coordinator, so I sort of help set them up with our office manager, Paul. But uh, getting involved with those, helping to find speakers and things like that, would be something to expect. Uh, in uh, better times, we hold live conferences about four times a year And so getting involved in the planning of those and attending those, um, meeting other people in the profession around the state, that would be what to expect. So uh, for us in the California Central Service Association, a monthly meeting and then several, about four times a year, some kind of event like a webinar or a live uh, conference.
0: So you mentioned these chapter meetings. What does a typical chapter meeting look like for you?
1: So we get together. Our president, Tim Parsons, calls the role. Then we dive into uh, whatever projects we're working on at the time. Usually there's a webinar or a conference brewing, and so we talk about progress on that. Uh, We always have a treasurer's report out talking about our finances and where we are. And we usually have an office office report talking about issues related to administrative things. For instance, maybe there's membership. Uh, Our office manager will tell us what our current membership is, things like that. So it's, it's, uh, there's some sort of uh, board administrative things that happen first as we dive into whatever projects we're working on, usually involving maybe updating our bylaws or working on a conference or webinar, or maybe trying to get new members, you know, what sort of things we're doing on social media to, to attract people to our uh, chapter.
0: So can you explain the differences between the local chapter and the Isham national organization?
1: To me, the Isham National Organization is about the big direction that we're taking this year. A particular aspect of patient care that we're calling out, a particular aspect of instrument care that we're calling out, or a particular uh, soft skill or aspect of professionalism that we're calling out. That to me is what uh, the Isham National Chapter or the Isham National Organization is all about. And then we, the local chapter, can take that information. We can read the process, uh, find out what topics they're talking about on podcasts, or uh, what the theme, maybe, of the annual convention might be. And we could take those themes and bring them to our local, our local technicians, our local professionals, sort of tailor our activities toward what the big picture is uh, that year. So we bring the big direction of Ishim national to the local level and our technicians and professionals. Maybe we might organize a webinar around a particular theme um, or something like that. So that, to me, is is the difference. It's It's big direction and then local action
0: what type of leadership opportunities are there in a local chapter and more importantly uh, do you have to be a current leader in sterile processing to be a leader in a local chapter?
1: Oh that's a that's a great question when I when I knew we were talking about this uh, I got really excited so it's sometimes it's it's difficult to find a leadership position in your own department as a sterile processing technician yeah. uh, but the local chapter can provide that opportunity for leadership of course most local chapters have a board of directors, probably all have a board of directors, where you can be president, treasurer, secretary, vice president, and it can help you to learn how to lead an organization, how to build consensus among members, how to do a big project, how to bring together people on a big project to make something really cool happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great way to get some leadership experience. Uh, whereas, uh, especially like maybe in a smaller department, it's hard to find that that way to climb up the ladder.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a great way to really gain some experience. Uh,
1: Exactly. And another thing about that is it's a a chance to flex some other muscles you might have. For instance, if you're a really great organizer, it's a chance to do some organization. If you're really great with numbers and money, it's a great way to uh, perhaps you want to be treasurer. Uh, So it's a a really good opportunity to work in the profession and uh, show off in a way your expertise as part of a local chapter.
0: Well, like most things in life, really the effort you put into something really kind of determines what you're going to get in return. And so, how. <laughs> So would you say it's also true in a local chapter that really the amount of involvement that you put into the chapter determines what you're going to get out of it?
1: I think so, and that's a great question too, because that to me is not only on a personal level, but on an organizational level too. The more the people that are part of the chapter put into it, the more cool things the chapter can do. So at a personal level, yes, in my opinion, being involved, taking on opportunities and challenges or projects in the chapter is a great way to get more out of it. Of course, you want to spend your time meaningfully. These things can be resume builders, John, putting on a resume, your involvement in your local chapter and what you did for them is a great thing to put on your resume. Absolutely. Um, and can look really, really good, right? Yeah. And then as a whole, the more that the board of directors or the body of the chapter or the membership bring to it, the more cool things they can do. To me, being part of a local chapter, going back to the uh, question number two, it's all about doing cool stuff, right? We can have some fun and we can bring great best practices um, around to our fellow professionals.
0: So who can join a local chapter? Do you have to be a, a, just a technician or more than a technician? Do you have to be in sterile processing?
1: Oh, yeah, John. Anybody can be involved in a local chapter. It kind of depends on the bylaws of the chapter. And, of course, the chapter may uh, follow guidelines from national organization, from ISHM, about who can be a member. But for the most part, anybody that's involved in the work of sterile processing can be a member. It definitely is not limited to leadership or educators in sterile processing. Uh, As a matter of fact, uh, being a technician is part of a local chapter is a great way to get your name out there and possibly find some uh, new opportunities for professional growth. So, yeah, absolutely anybody can be involved. Many chapters require that you're involved in the work of sterile processing, of course, or somehow, you know, professionally active in sterile processing at the time.
0: So you kind of touched on this earlier, but do you think being involved in a local chapter can impact your career? And if so, how?
1: Oh, absolutely. It can impact your career. I think back to Sarah Cruz's process of this podcast recently. There are a local chapter is a great way to impact your career. As I mentioned before, it can be a resume builder. If you are a part of a local chapter on the board of directors, if you're involved in projects, uh, maybe organizing conferences or webinars, all those things can do on your resume and they look great not least of which because you're doing them probably voluntarily and uh, (laughs) a volunteer activities on a resume look really good because it means you're putting in the time on a Saturday to do something that advances your profession so that's really awesome Um, so absolutely uh, as a resume builder and of course we can't forget the networking aspect of it to be involved in a local chapter means that perhaps you can be on the board of directors uh, show off your expertise to other professionals in your state you can attend conferences and meet all sorts of people, professionals at all levels, and do some networking there. So those are two really, really important ways that that joining a local chapter can impact your career. Absolutely.
0: As we talked about, chapters can be very hands-on, very active. What advice do you have for a chapter that is struggling to get volunteers to help with activities?
1: So that's a really difficult question because a lot of a lot of them are, right? A lot of chapters uh, do struggle to find volunteers, to be members of the board, to help organize projects. The most important thing, in my opinion, for this respect is social media. To make sure that if you are a member of a chapter that is looking to increase your membership or gain more candidates for board, that you are out there on social media. LinkedIn and Facebook and uh, Instagram um, are great ways to promote your, your chapter. If the current members of the board or a local chapter are looking to increase membership, then it it's behooves them to start uh, creating some events, creating some buzz that they can put onto social media outlets and advertise what they're up to. So to me, it's a little bit like the people that are currently part of a local chapter that wants to build uh, should generate some ideas, even if there's just a few people there. It might be some hard work at first, some hard digging at first. But if you begin to put out some projects, maybe advertise out other conferences, build a conference of your own, and then make sure that you plug that on social media as much as you can, Uh, the membership will come for sure.
0: So this year, this past year was definitely uh, unique. Was your chapter able to meet during the COVID-19 pandemic? And if so, how did you do that?
1: So fortunately, uh, California is a very big place and our chapter had already been meeting virtually on a monthly basis our board meetings were already virtual we already had a a zoom meeting in place so that sort of kept on for the california central service association of course the big thing we did was we we canceled our live events and turned them virtual so we did webinars instead of live events it did absolutely impact us of course our meetings kind of stayed the same in-person events definitely had to had to be changed and while they were satisfying, and they we we set a lot of good education uh, toward our membership. Of course, there's nothing like meeting up in person four times a year with a uh, hundred or so other professionals and, and uh, getting to know each other. I know that a lot of chapters in the nation had some financial impact from COVID-19. Uh, often, uh, conferences can be generate revenue generators for a local chapter, mm-hmm. and um, uh, I know that a lot of those activities were curtailed. So, a lot of chapters out there, I think, are are struggling a little bit right now with their finances because we can't get those those big shows going.
0: Now, does your chapter offer educational programs? And if so, how often or how are they arranged?
1: So our chapter, our uh, typical offerings are four times a year. We try and do an in-person event in four different locations in California. And we've started doing one in Nevada too, thanks to our board member, Chris Everhart, who lives in Nevada. So we try and do uh, four or five live events a year, plus our annual. This year in uh, Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood, we're hosting our 35th annual conference and vendor expo at Planet Hollywood. Great. Uh, this, is our big, this is our big show every year. It's at end of June, and uh, we typically attract about 200 attendees and probably like 30 or so vendors to come to a, a big venue and have some great food, look at some great products, talk to vendors, and hear some great speakers. Uh, This year, we are in person at Planet Hollywood. We're following very careful COVID restrictions. We're in Vegas, uh, so Vegas is gonna maybe open up a little bit more than we're willing to, (laughs) but we're definitely gonna hold on to, uh, we're gonna hold the line at certain uh, COVID precautions. But, uh, yeah, the annual is, is our big show and our biggest revenue generator every year. And this year we're going to do it, although in a, as safe a way as, as possible. So we're going to curtail. So that's what we do, um, in our chapter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all those are educational. John, we, any speaker that we bring in for a webinar or a live conference, we require that they are purely educational. So of course, many of them are vendor representatives, uh, work for a particular corporation or something. But, uh, we ask that if you come in and talk to, California Central Service Association membership, that you have a program that is purely educational and not product specific. That's very, very important to us. Uh, We do have sponsorship, and of course at live events, we do have vendor expos, but those speakers, when you're talking to us, you gotta make sure that that it's not product specific, that it's bringing us something greater, broader worldview than simply your your product. That's really important, John, I think. Um, If you are a member of a local chapter trying to build up your base, trying to do some interesting uh, events, I hope that local chapters remember that. I, I, th- I think that they do, um, that let's make sure it's educational and ask the people that come in to speak to us to keep it that way, it's really important.
0: So this next question comes from a colleague of mine and she says that one of the biggest benefits she received being involved in a chapter is networking. You know, She said that she made lots of friends and really have called upon them during her career that have helped her You know, with technical questions and provided career advice. So, is there anything that a chapter can do to really stimulate this networking?
1: Uh, Absolutely, and I'm going to take it back to social media. Your chapter uh, should really have a Facebook group, and it should really have a presence on LinkedIn, and that is the way that, in off times when there's not an in-person event going on, that members can contact each other and uh, find trusted advice for technical questions that they have. This actually brings me back to something that you said in a podcast recently about uh, watching out for social media, uh, technical answers, and that's very true, right? we have to be really careful about the answers to technical questions that we get off of social media and just make sure that they've embedded that the person who is giving us the answer is is an expert of some kind or has something, some documentation to back it up. So of course, just like you said recently on the podcast, we have to be careful about that but it is possible and of course a a big thing there is if your chapter is doing presenters having some kind of presentation opportunity for the members that you're bringing in reputable experts right if you're going to have a conference or a webinar and you're going to have a speaker uh, vet that speaker check out their bona fides find out where they're coming from if they have an agenda or not and make sure that anybody that that the chapter brings brings in to speak to its membership has some expertise and uh, you know some something to back up what they're telling what they're telling the chapter. I mean, that could be a pitfall that that a chapter gets into. I think.
0: Casey, last question: What advice do you have for a new technician who's really on the fence about joining a local chapter?
1: My advice is join without question. Start in at the membership level. Uh, many chapters will will register you as a member when you register for an event check out their offerings, go to a conference or two, listen to a webinar, check them out on social media. And if you feel the passion, if you, if you like where they're going, or if you have a new direction maybe that they could be exploring, then I would absolutely encourage anybody to uh, seek board membership. For many chapters, board membership is, is not competitive. Um, we're always looking for people to participate at the board level and uh, help us with projects or bring in new ideas of cool things that we could do, especially social media related. And so, yes, absolutely join. Check it out as a member and then bring your passion to to the board and become a decision maker.
0: Well, Casey, thank you for sharing some of your insight into the local isham chapter with us today.
1: John, I had a lot of fun. Thanks for talking with me today.
0: Thank you, Casey, again for speaking with us today. Isham Nation, Episode 39, is in the books. Thanks for listening to the show. To receive the CE for this episode, simply click on the link in the episode notes, fill out that required information, and select the code HSPA. Again, the code for this episode is HSPA. Now, when you fill in that code HSPA and you have your uh, name and your email address correct, then that information is going to be sent to the Isham office, and they're going to enter that information, those CEs, directly into your account. But you have to fill out the code correctly. You have to fill out your email address correctly. Put your name on there. If you put in your Isham ID, that's even better. Help those folks out. Now remember, keep an ear out for the next episode, which is always on the 1st and 15th of every month. Each episode's on demand, so when you're ready for us, we'll be there for you. As always, stay classy, Isham Nation, and we'll see you next time.